This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Hello and welcome to the Big D Breakdown. I'm your host, Larry Lace. And today we're diving into the latest news and results from Sunday's game. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, GameTime, for sponsoring this episode. I'm excited to introduce to you GameTime. Did you know that one in three Americans will attend a sporting event this year? That's a lot of people and a lot of money spent on tickets. That's why they are here to make it easy for you to buy the tickets you want, when, and where you want them, at prices that are actually fair. With GameTime, you can find tickets to any sporting event, show, uh, concert, and literally any sport, even rugby. And even for upcoming events like the FIFA World Cup. And if there's no event nearby, They'll help you find one, one that's more convenient to your schedule. They'll even give you directions so you don't get lost on your way to your favorite event. Use the link in the description and help support the channel. And now, without further ado, our first topic. The Cowboys losing Anthony Brown versus the Packer puts a lot of pressure on the young CBs. The Dallas Cowboys started Sunday's game against the Packers without a major piece of their offense with Ezekiel Elliott being listed as inactive due to a knee injury. Later in the second half, the team lost a key player on the other side of the ball. Seventh-year cornerback Anthony Brown suffered a concussion while trying to defend rookie Christian Watson on what turned out to be a beautiful touchdown pass by Aaron Rodgers. During that play, you could see Brown take a tough fall to the ground after Watson pulls in the catch. The 28-year-old is a major part of the Cowboys' secondary starting all eight of the Cowboys games before Sunday's game in Green Bay. Brown had three passes defended, one forced fumble, and 34 tackles coming into Sunday. He did not log a stat before exiting the game with a concussion during the first half. The cornerback now has to clear league protocols before he is cleared to suit up again. The Cowboys certainly hope he can be back for an integral game against the 8-1 Vikings next weekend. With Deshaun Wright is listed as inactive for Sunday, the pressure falls on Kelvin Joseph and De'Ron Bland. This is a huge opportunity for Joseph to step up and prove he is worth a second-round pick two drafts ago. On the other hand, it's a chance for the 2022 rookie to prove his worth as he has many times this season. It's been a frustrating first half for the Cowboys, who should be dominating a struggling and injury-riddled Packers team. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, the Packers come out the victor. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Should the Cowboys be concerned with Anthony Brown being out? And now on to our next topic. Cowboys losing overtime against the Packers. 
The Dallas Cowboys had a perfect chance to defeat a team that has owned them in the last 10 games. And to be frank, they blew it. The Green Bay Packers entered this game on a five-game losing streak and a lengthy injury report that made it feel like the Cowboys couldn't finally beat this team for the first time since 2016. Our apologies. Could beat this team for the first time since 2016. On paper, the ball was in Dallas's court. Maybe there was just too much history between these two teams for it to be just about what was on paper. The game started slowly with two interceptions thrown by Prescott. But as they have done a lot recently, the Cowboys made good halftime adjustments that gave the fan base faith. Two great touchdowns from C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard put the team up 28-14, heading into the fourth quarter. A full two-score lead, and all the team needed to do was run out the clock and keep Green Bay off the field. They just couldn't do it. The run defense continued to struggle, and players in all phases committed shoot yourself in the foot penalties and allowed the Packers to claw their way back into this one. You have to give credit to the defense for not letting the Packers score when Aaron Rodgers got the ball in a tie game with 1.38 to go, but it just wasn't enough. The game headed to overtime, and the Cowboys were lucky enough to win the toss with a chance to win it. Despite more horrific penalties, Dallas was able to stay in it and make up for deficits. The Cowboys eventually had a third and three play from the Green Bay 35. In other words, well within field goal range for Brett Maher. Prescott tried to throw a pass to Lamb, but it was incomplete. However, the replay showed that Jerry Alexander clearly hit Lamb well before the ball hit his hands. You can see the video below in the discussion in the comment section below. Look, the Cowboys did this to themselves. We aren't here to make excuses and say the refs made Dallas lose the game. However, in a play this big with a penalty this obvious, you have to make that call. Who knows what would have happened if the referees did. So then what? Send out the special teams to kick the field goal on 4th and 3, right? Nope. They went for it. The play was a disaster. Prescott was nearly sacked and tried to get a ball out to Pollard that ended up incomplete. If the Cowboys were going to go for it, why didn't they run on 3rd and 3? Why didn't they think a tie was better than a loss? Why were they willing to give Rodgers the ball with great field position? There are just so many questions. Regardless, the ball went to the Packers, who easily marched down the field to set up a no-brainer 28-yard field goal. Yet again, the Packers take down the Cowboys, the ninth win in the last 11 visits. Dallas had the game in their hands and just couldn't hold on to it. Rodgers gets it done against the Cowboys once again. And now, we're going to continue our focus on this overtime loss, giving you 10 thoughts on the Cowboys' 31-28 overtime loss to the Packers. We're going to dig deep into why the Cowboys flopped against the Packers once again. Can you believe we're gone? we've gone two weeks without Cowboys football, and this is what we get welcomed back with? doesn't seem to matter how bad the Green Bay Packers are doing as they continue to deliver daggers to Cowboys fans. With the 31-28 overtime win on Sunday, the Pack have now beaten the Cowboys in four straight games. Enough already, it gets old. Try something different. This game had its fun moments, but then some not-so-fun moments. These are 10 thoughts on the overtime defeat of the Cowboys. Number 1. No happy homecoming for McCarthy. 
The stage was set for the Fat Packers former coach Mike McCarthy to have his revenge against the team that fired him. But things did not go as planned. Losers of five straight entering this game, the Packers decided to show up for this one. Particularly Aaron Rodgers, who went 14-20 for 224 yards with three touchdowns and no picks. And a 146.7 quarterback rating. Rodgers hadn't thrown three touchdowns all season, so it's only fitting that he puts on his cape and does so against the Cowboys. What a jerk. Number two, letting things get away. It's never fun when the Cowboys lose, but it's especially unsatisfying when the team looked as if they were going to run away with the game. After a little bit of back and forth, the Cowboys started to pull ahead and went up 28-14 with just three minutes left in the third quarter. Green Bay proceeded to score touchdowns on their next two drives, while the Cowboys did next to nothing and punted on their next two drives. That was all the offense had left in them, apparently, and the defense didn't have it in them to close the deal. Number three, penalties are a killer. As bad as it was to watch the Packers tie up the game and send in an overtime, the Cowboys had a chance to wash away the bad taste of a letdown by orchestrating a nice opening drive during the overtime. It looked as if they were going to do just that after some runs from Tony Pollard. Sadly, the Cowboys started shooting themselves in the foot with mental mistakes. First, Jalen Tolbert decided he didn't know where the line of scrimmage was as he was flagged for offsides that negated a 9-yard run from Pollard. Then, Connor McGovern got called for a holding that negated a 16-yard run that would have, at the very least, set the Cowboys up for a go-ahead field goal in overtime. Of course, it would have been nice to see a little consistency down the stretch. Number four, the extra-aggressive McCarthy. The last time McCarthy was involved in a Packers-Cowboys game at Lambeau was back in 2016. The Cowboys won convincingly thanks to rookie Dak Prescott and David Irving, but they were aided by some cowardly fourth-and-short decisions by then-Packers head coach Mike McCarthy, where he settled for field goals instead of trying to get the first down. There was no shortage of courage from McCarthy this time around. Three times the Cowboys head coach opted to go for it on fourth down. The first two, the team converted as they were quarterback sneaks, but they came up short on the crucial fourth and three in overtime. That's a play McCarthy will be questioned on as he passed up a kick that was in Brett Maher's range. Despite the result, McCarthy was on a mission to win or lose the game on his terms. Number five, hat trick for Watson. The Cowboys don't usually give up big plays in the passing game, so that's why it wasn't particularly surprising to see rookie wide receiver Christian Watson go off for three touchdowns in this one. Dallas only gave up 224 receiving yards on the day, but a few of them really hurt. Watson hit the defense for a 58-yard touchdown in the first half, and then again for a 39-yarder in the second half. He struck again for a third one late in the fourth quarter to tie things up. Cowboys defense came into the game allowing a third-best 4.9 yards per passing attempt, but they are starting to show some vulnerability in the secondary. They are already without Jordan Lewis for the rest of the season, and Anthony Brown went down in this one. With the more inexperienced backups, Kelvin Joseph and De'Ron Bland being called on more, this might be something worth monitoring. Number six, not on the same page, excuse me. The Cowboys were their own worst enemies early as a couple of Dak Prescott interceptions made for a terrible start. What was odd is that both appeared to be some type of mix-up in communications, where he and his receivers weren't on the same page. Prescott threw his first interception in the end zone when it looked as if the pass catchers were not running the correct routes. Dalton Schultz ran in the same space as Lamb, allowing Packers safety Rudy Ford to collapse in the middle. 
Three plays later, the Packers struck with their first touchdown, and just like that, the game was tied. On the Cowboys' next drive, Prescott was again picked off by Ford when Prescott was expecting Lamb to run across the field, but instead took off down the field. The Packers scored four plays later to go up 14-7 late in the first half. In number seven, we have a run defense problem. It seemed like a simple formula to beat the Packers was to keep Aaron Rodgers from being a superhero and don't allow themselves to be run over in the running game. The Cowboys, well, they failed on both counts. For the fe- first, er, excuse me, for the second straight game, the Cowboys' defense allowed over 200 yards rushing in the game. They were gashed for 6.8 yards per rushing attempt as they couldn't stop either Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. Both rushed for at least 5 yards per carry. It's hard to understand why this was so hard for them as the Packers didn't offer many receiving weapons to be fearful of. Number 8, CD hits the century mark. Lost in the commotion of this disappointing loss is the great game from the Cowboys' new number one receiver, CD Lamb. It's taken him until week 10, but the third year receiver has finally reached his first 100 yard receiving game of the season. Lamb finished the day with 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns and was one of the few bright spots in an otherwise underwhelming offensive outing for the Cowboys. Number 10, or number 9, excuse me, the Gallup Scare. Right before the Cowboys scored their first touchdown of the game, wide receiver Michael Gallup hit the grass with what looked like a leg injury. Replay didn't show it hit of any kind, so it got a little scary as we started worrying about some type of non-contact injury, especially considering he is coming back from a knee injury. Gallup returned and looked just fine even making a nice catch near the end of the first half. With all the OBJ talk that has been going on over the last few weeks, any hit to the wide receiver group would just fuel that fire. In number 10, let's tap the brakes on catching Philly. It's weird to be 6-3 and and be in third place in the division, but that's the reality of this year's NFC East. The hope was that if the Cowboys can get to within a game of Philadelphia by Christmas Eve, they can gain they can take care of business themselves and still come away with that coveted number one seed in the NFC. That feat got a little bit harder after this loss. The Giants won as did the Minnesota Vikings in a wild one against Buffalo. There is still a lot of football left, but almost feels like this team is destined for a road wildcard game come playoff time. Before we move on, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And now on to our next topic, our Cowboys studs and duds from week 10. This wasn't the first loss of the season for the Cowboys, but it was easily the most frustrating. While they lost in a worse fashion to the Bucks and Eagles, losing to the Packers, who had dropped five in a row, was worse because the game was well in hand. Dallas not only let them get back into the game, but they then caved while under pressure. With that being said, Let's look at who stood out as both studs and duds in Week 10. Stud, C.J. Goodwin. With the score tied at 14 in the third quarter, Green Bay was able to force a punt after another frustrating and short drive by the Cowboys. With Dallas kicking it from their own, Brian Inger booted it 55 yards and that allowed C.J. Goodwin to get to work. A veteran special teams ace, Goodwin was one of the three players to converge on Amari Rodgers, but it was a hit that forced the ball loose. Sean McKeon recovered it, and Dallas took the lead 21-14 when Pollard ran in a 13-yard touchdown. 
It was a huge turn of momentum that allowed Dallas to take control of the game for a while anyway. And now a dud, Kelvin Joseph. Anthony Brown didn't have a great game and was lost in the first half to a concussion. With him out, Kelvin Joseph stepped in and the former second round pick continued to struggle. He was beaten on a route by Sammy Watkins, who has been awful all season. Even worse, it was on a second and 22, giving the Packers life when there shouldn't have been any. Later in the second half, Joseph was flagged on a punt return, which pushed the Cowboys back to their own 14. Had he not been penalized for the blindside block, Dallas would have started at the 38, essentially making it a 28-yard penalty. It wasn't the greatest call, but it was still another moment to forget for Joseph. Next up, our stud, C.D. Lamb. Since Dallas traded Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb has become the number one wideout. Overall, he's been very good this season, but he hadn't crossed the 100-yard mark all year. In fact, he hadn't done so since week 8 of the 2021 season, when he was catching everything thrown his way during Cooper Rush's first career start. That finally changed for him on Sunday, as he hit the 100-yard mark on his ninth catch of the game in the third quarter. That came on a clutch third down play, but it was far from his first big play. Lamb also had their first touchdown, hauling in a three-yard score from Prescott in the second quarter. He also wasn't done on the ninth catch as he scored his second touchdown of the day two plays later. Lamb shook off Jair Alexander and got free for the 35-yard touchdown to give his team a 28-14 lead. Lamb finished with 11 receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns. It was a huge outing, but not enough to get the win. And now we're done, Peyton Hendershot. Before talking about this game, it has to be stated that Peyton has been a great find for Dallas. The undrafted free agent has 9 receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown, and shows a ton of promise. Having said that, Sunday wasn't his best outing. He nearly made a huge mistake when the Packers took a 14-7 lead just before the half. A short kickoff went to him, and he ran at 18 yards but fumbled when being tackled. Hendershot was able, to be, was able to pull the ball back in, but it could have been disastrous. Had Green Bay gotten the ball and extended the lead, halftime could have been much more different than it was, since they were able to tie it up at 14. In the second half, he was called for an unnecessary roughness penalty that forced the offense to start from their own goal line, and nearly led to a safety. He did atone for his mistakes that he had a great block on a 14-yard run from Malik Davis, but he has to be better on special teams. Next up, our stud, Demarcus Lawrence. With Micah Parsons playing out of his mind over the past two seasons, it's easy to forget about how good Demarcus Lawrence is. The former second round pick out of Boise State has been the leader of this defense for years, and while he might not fill up the stat sheet the way Parsons can, he still makes a lead plays. That happened in the second quarter against the Packers when he broke through the offensive line and was able to sack Aaron Rodgers. He didn't just take Rodgers down though, as he also forced a fumble, giving his offense the ball in the Green Bay 10. Dallas did, not, did nothing with a great field position as Prescott threw a terrible pick in the end zone, but that doesn't take away from the impact play out of Lawrence. Lawrence continued to play well in the second half, making a tackle for a loss followed by trying a holding flag. He set his team up with a second and 22, but Kelvin Joseph was beaten by Watkins, which again, again washed D-Law's efforts. And our dud, Anthony Brown. Early in the game, Anthony Brown was bailed out by Christian Watson as he dropped two passes where he had position on Brown. 
That wasn't the case after Prescott threw a pick in the end zone. With the door open for Green Bay, and Rodgers aired it out for Watson, and again, he had Brown beat. This time, it was caught as he was able to bring it in, a 58-yard touchdown pass to tie the game up at 7. Brown suffered a concussion on that play, adding injury to insult, as it was a game to forget all around. Next up, stud Tony Pollard. For the second game in a row, Ezekiel Elliott was out with an injury, and once again, Tony Pollard answered the call. He had 131 yards against the Bears, and this week he went for 115 and another touchdown run as well. <coughs> Excuse me. And now our dud, Dak Prescott. One of the primary issues with this team for years has been when they play down to the opposing team's level. It seemed as though they put an end to that under Mike McCarthy, including a couple of easily wins in the past two weeks against Detroit and Chicago. That changed this weekend as they were facing a 3-6 Green Bay team that just lost to Detroit. The Cowboys should have been able to run away with this one, but they decided to put up one of their worst offensive performances since week one. Prescott was a major reason for the issues as he had led them to a 3-and-out on each of their first two drives to start the game. He then threw two terrible picks, including one at the Green Bay 10, both of which led to touchdowns for the Packers. He turned things around enough to give his team a 28-14 lead, but when the Packers started to come back, he continued to miss throws in key moments. That included missing passes on 3rd and 4th down in overtime, which led to the loss. And finally, our dud, Mike McCarthy. We heard it all week, in fact. It was... It was the past two weeks since Dallas was on their bye about the return of Mike McCarthy to Green Bay. The Cowboys head coach spent 13 seasons there and won a title, so it was natural for him to have some nostalgic feelings. It was also understandable that he wanted to get a win against his former team. However, he made a few bad decisions that ultimately cost his team the chance at securing a victory. The biggest was when he decided to go for it on fourth down in overtime. Despite being in field goal range, McCarthy gave his offense the green light and Prescott was unable to get the first down. Of course, anyone watching the game knew what was going to happen. The Packers secondary was playing tight all day and the Cowboys offensive line was struggling. Naturally, this led to a desperate pass to Pollard while Prescott was under pressure and the ball hit the turf and the game was essentially over, considering how well the Packers offense played in the final quarter. McCarthy also had to, has to take heat for a continued lack of discipline from his team. Dallas was flagged nine times, including, a, including an inexcusable offside from Jalen Tolbert, and a hold on Connor McGovern that negated a 16-yard run from Malik Davis. This was a game Dallas should have won, but they treated the Packers as if they were a 13-win club that's impossible to stop, rather than a team that had lost five in a row. That falls on McCarthy, who clearly let his emotions cloud his decisions in this one. Let us know your thoughts on this game. Is there anybody that we should have included in our studs and duds list? And as always, if you want to support the channel, go to buymeacoffee.com slash thebigd. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, create even more content, hire new hosts and writers and pay them. And as always, subscribe to the channel. Uh, hit the thumbs up if you like our video. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast platform or your podcast from. Check it out today on Good Pods as well. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time.
This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lees. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, New Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.